Hello and welcome to Robin and Josie's Book Shambles, or Josie and Robin's Book Shambles. You're listening to the abridged version of this episode. If you'd like to hear the extended, uncut edition, you can, for as little as $1 a month, by pledging to support the podcast and the Cosmic Shambles Network. You'll get access to extended episodes of Book Shambles each week, as well as all sorts of other goodies like free tickets to our events, and so on, and so on, and etc. Go to patreon.com slash bookshambles. It's a forward slash, but you know that again. Hello, welcome to Book Shambles. Producer Trent here. Today's episode uh, contains lots of Christmas gift buying ideas in uh, one of our what's becoming kind of an annual tradition now, our comic book special. Uh, Tom Oldham from Breakdown Press and Nathaniel Metcalf in the studio with Robin. Before we get to that, thank you as always to all our supporters on Patreon. Patreon.com slash bookshambles is where you can go to pledge uh, your financial support for the show. Uh, you get extended episodes each and every week, plus lots of other goodies as well. We had uh, a few of our Patreon supporters got uh, some free tickets from us to come to Nine Lessons and Carols for Curious People at King's Place last week. So if you were one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just two more Nine Lessons shows left. Uh, If you're coming to one of those, make sure you pop out to the foyer and say hello to us during the interval or after the show. A few surprises for those shows coming up as well. And just to let you know about the release schedule for Book Shambles next week, we'll have a Christmas horror special going out on Christmas Eve with Robin and Johnny Maines. And then we'll have a few other little goodies going out between Christmas and New Year, including uh, a Books of the Year special uh, featuring lots of the people who've been at Compendium and Nine Lessons throughout December. Uh, Robin and Josie, obviously. Helen Chersky, Chris Hadfield, Tim Peake, Beck Hill and various other people on that as well. So look out for that in the coming weeks. And now on to this week's episode. Here is Robin and Tom and Nat. Welcome to uh, Josie and Robin's book shambles. Josie, unfortunately, uh, was she was here for many of the recordings. Some some other recordings you've heard around this, she was available for. But then eventually, she's just she'd had enough, and uh, she's she's gone off somewhere <laughs> else instead. So 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 why not? Um, and we're joined by uh, Tom Oldham and uh, Nathaniel Medcalf, who Hello. have been on before Hello. for our overview of uh, independent publishing and uh, cinema and comic books and all of them other things and. And the very latest in Anthony Newley news from Nathaniel <laughs> Metcalf. What's your favourite, actually, because if, if you've not listened before, um, Nat, a tremendous uh, knowledge of Anthony Newley and, and was actually got me. It's, it's great. It's a useful thing because he Someone is one of those to. artists that I think when I was growing up, he had entered a level of Vegas cheesiness and I had not known about a lot of his work. And he d- did a lot of very interesting work and he was quite... Uh, I would say, kind of continental in his style of singing, in that kind of Jacques yep. Brelish, you know, uh, performance of, of, of a song, of a narrative song. So where, uh, in terms of, like, biographies and stuff, is there somewhere people should start with Anthony there's, there's, there's one biography by a guy called Garth Bardsley that's called Stop the World. That's a good name. It is. Garth Bardsley. Yeah, it is a lovely name, actually. But I know it's out of print now, and I think 
I think it's one of those ones that on Amazon is about £400, which doesn't mean you probably couldn't find it in a second-hand shop for £3. Can we have a look at... So Bodies Beneath, which is from Stranger Track 2, we were talking about, and and a book that is very high on my uh, my list. Um, And this is predominantly... uh, It's written by the two guys, Will Fowler and who is it who Vic is it? Pratt Vic Pratt and they do the flip side sort of strands at the BFI so they do the DVDs and the Blu-rays and they do the um, um, the showings at the BFI South Bank and it's a really nice book because it tries to illustrate things just by using a certain example so it will then it'll kind of give you an overview of like a genre or a subgenre as it is in that case and then just gives you maybe three examples that are and they're often just things that you've never heard of it might be a short film and it's often things that have found themselves in the BFI archive can you just flesh out what the what the book is though at its core so what, what it, is it it's, it's the uh... flip side so it's like alternative british cinema it's british right. cinema that you wouldn't uh, that you wouldn't come across easily but it's just that they have access to the BFI archive, and they can say, "Yeah." And it's so, from from like nineteen hundred. So this is like onwards. this is like a this is like the this is almost like the, the 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 manual for the flip side series of DVDs and Blu-rays. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the first things it does, sort of early cinema, is uh, one of the big sort of blockbusters was waves crashing against the shore. So when you took to see the, the train coming into the station, one of the big ones that got people really excited in early cinema was waves crashing against yeah, the shore. Yeah. What's it called? Um, remember what it's called oh no i don't know but then there's actually there became loads of that yeah so then it would be like that would be like the big sort of like superhero movies are now everyone started going well i'm going to film my own waves crashing against the shore movie and it's that and then just sort of how that sort of how sort of like british versions of it they will get on this and it's that sort of very early cinema Onwards. Gang warfare between Studland Local Council and Bognor Regis <laughs> Parish Council. I noticed that it did open here on Can Hieronymus Merkin Ever Forget Mercy Hunt and Find True Happiness, the uh, legendary flawed movie by Anthony Newley. It is flawed. It is flawed. <laughs> but, so, but so is he. <laughs> I love this cover here for all those video labels that didn't survive. Portland Budget Video, who released <laughs> My Son the Vampire, which was actually Old Mother Riley meets the vampire Bella Lugosi, which is uh, uh, on, on Talking Pictures great deal and has uh, Dora Bryan in it so therefore is immediately worthwhile um, oh yeah you're right no change in the weather rough sea postcards were popular in late Victorian England yeah. yeah I've seen exhibitions of that yeah that's fascinating so that's William Fowler and Vic Pratt the flip side of British films and television I hope it's not out of print it's really good it was one of those things I was actually thinking of getting people for Christmas it's got that sort I, of I, thing I around think it. Mark Pilkington from Strange Tracks said that it was going to this is one of the ones that they've done with MIT Press who they also they've done an excellent one which is all about mm. Robert Anton Wilson and uh, I, I think they're fully on board with MIT, like I think, I, I think they work with MIT on all their books now. Oh, do they? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, because that one's a great book, which is all all about basically the uh, that that kind of otherworldly thinking that was in nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies science fiction. Um, so now, what have you got Hello. coming out? So you, with with uh, um, your your breakdown press, press. You, breakdown press, where you brought about the uh, After Man, which uh, is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, um, which we talked about last time, didn't we? Did we, we did talk, talk about, about After Man. Man last if you time? don't know about it, can I highly recommend you go out and you seek this out? It, it's a wonderful reprint. Uh, of which was basically imagining uh, species after man. Yeah, species and, and that evolve after man has died out. Um, and like massive hit in the in the eighties and nineties, huge in Japan. They made a TV show about it, um, and then just fell out of print for a little while. So we we brought it back. Yeah, and it's great, and it's it's a very beautiful book. Um, so you're in your hand though. Yes. You have. I've got I've got two books that we've got coming out for Christmas. Um, one is La La Albert's Seasonal Shift, 
Comics 2013 to 2019, which is the first book in a series of books we're doing uh, called The Library of Contemporary Comics. And the idea behind this little this little sub-label is it's collecting work from really exciting and amazing cartoonists, but it's like they're shorts, so it's stuff from anthologies or zines that they've put out. Um, and this is just a nice way of basically people that are doing like really exciting things with the form and collecting them together. And the first one really excited about it's Lala, and she's a, she's a New York-based cartoonist. And this is sort of like the last decade of her, um, of her uh, quite ethereal and damp and weird and unsettling shorts that sort of explore themes about technology and about sex um, and and nature. She's a really big, uh, she's a really big uh, 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 naturalist. Let's see, naturalist, naturalist, um, and so she does lots of things that sort of really push the comics form with um with like plants and and ecosystems and stuff like that so she does lovely smart things um but they're just they're very sort of um unsettling and provoking um short comics well you like the unsettling don't you dark shape in water uh, wet shape in wet, the dark wet shape in john the dark. chandler's work yeah yeah, yeah. That's a fascinating little, and, and that's wonderful because it's very simple, kind of little strange oh, yeah, it's crawling nightmare around skin, narrative, which is, yeah. uh, I think I was talking to you the other day about seeing Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Yeah. Uh, which is Mother? Every, yeah. <laughs> mother? Can you hear me, Mother? <laughs> a very different take on With the uh, exclamation mark at the end. <laughs> yeah. So you can't say it not like that, I think. But it is, uh, that, that has a, you know... You called it a perfect nightmare movie. Yeah. Yeah. I and really it does like have that quality. Like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw it with like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would see it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, I really like that. And it was yeah. at a time I think where people were sort of going, "It's awful." It's Poor awful. But that's why. That's why when you when you spoke to me about it, Robin, I sort of tentatively said, "Well, I I quite liked it." Uh, because I was I was sort of expecting because at the time I remember when we went to see it everyone was saying oh, it's awful I think Absolutely it's, just, awful. it's an experience isn't it it's yeah, like yeah, a roller coaster because yeah. well, like people a... want narrative isn't it yeah. I always think this is uh, that um, thing where you go oh no do you know what? I I enjoyed the images and there's as we were saying before yeah, the, you can interpret in in different ways and there's just this beauty I mean one uh, I think Ed Harris. Ha- is such a great face for being uncertain of like when he's in things like history of violence, you know, mm. when you, there, there's a certain, and so once he stumbles in and it apparently is a doctor and you think, is he from yeah. that point onwards, you go, okay, maybe it's going to be this, uh, it's a ho- kind of also- home invasion movie. And then suddenly it goes, nope. Yeah, and you go. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Just True, enjoy but there it. is, but there is a, a narrative of sorts. Like, yeah. A, yeah, it is. It is a throbbing, unformed. You know, yeah, but it's not jarring which goes. But yeah. Oh, it turns out the house was ba- built on a Native yeah, yeah, American yeah, 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 burial yeah. ground. <laughs> that's the you know. I think that's uh, people like. There's that that wonderful film, uh, um, Limbo, by yeah. uh, John Sayles, with uh, amongst others Chris Christopherson, and no. that's a kind of two half movie where it starts off and it looks like it's going to be, I think it's set in Alaska as far as I remember, looks like it's going to be one of those ones about a guy who moves into town and the woman who sings in the local bar they're going to find love. And then suddenly, halfway through, it becomes a Lost in the Wilderness Stranded kind of movie. And then the way it ends, it doesn't say, and they lived happily ever after, or and then they died. It leaves you going, oh, I've got to decide. You know, it's it's yeah. it's those movies that end by going. We're going to end by saying, "Choose your own adventure." Well, yeah. they're like often the best movies, they're, and they're always the movies that they just end quite suddenly. There'll be an image, goes to black credits roll, and you can always hear people go, 
Oh. Yeah. yeah. And you go, that's because it's good. Yeah. That's because it's good. <laughs> well, I think that was... We, we had Mark uh, Kermode on earlier, and uh, that bit where I was, I was saying a film like Vox Lux, which I loved... Yeah, uh, there are certain and you and Arrival as well. I think the film, you know, based on the, it's Ted Chiang, isn't it? The uh, um, the, the the story, not Choose Your Own Life. I forget what it what it's called now. Um, but the, if you go onto Amazon reviews, the Amazon reviews either give five stars or one star, and they're furious. Mm. Yeah, absolutely furious. Like like people who've gone to a Natalie Portman film, they think she's going to be playing a pop star. It's going to be a little bit sad at times. Like stop. What the fuck is going on and that rage that comes out immediately i go i might not enjoy it but i'm more drawn to it now than i was and arrival i couldn't believe the number of people again who whatever they thought the film was you've seen arrival which one's arrival the, what, it's the... basically about the uh there's a, a UFOs, UFO aliens, uh, yeah, yeah i've seen arrival over there and i found that you know it's I think it has quite a satisfying philosophical kind of idea behind it. It's very beautifully shot. I think he is an amazing director. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always got. A, whenever I think of Arrival, I think about one part of the film that irritated me more than anything, and I can't disentangle my. You know, when they're going to see the the aliens for the first time, yeah. And is it um, who's the who's like the general? There's like a the. the the guy playing the, the the general that's like in charge of the camp, oh, right. and they they go in and they're on the lift and they're on the way up there, and I think it's um, Geezer who plays Hawkeye, turns around to the general and he's like, "So what do they look like?" And and the general like goes, and I, I can't remember what he says, but it's, it's sort of like you gotta see it. And then when you get there, you would just say, "I look like squids." Yeah, <laughs> I just look like squids in it. They're like they're like they've got tentacles. They're like squids. HP Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. Novels, <laughs> I've read some. Yeah, yeah. there's a certain element it's of that. Cthulhu. Yeah, it's that. Yes. It's like an octopus, mate. That's what they look like. So you know, brace yourself because if you don't like octopuses, poor. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, but no, you know, by and large, the films. And I do think it has one of the most powerful opening five minutes of any film. The combination of the music used and the imagery and the the, the editing. I, I think I won't I won't give away anything yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. And it has a very beautiful soundtrack. And uh, yeah, it's one of those films where you just kind of sit and then you go, oh, I, well, I found. It has a, a, enough of a mesmeric quality that I go, oh, it's, it's finished. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's what it meant. And and I think the more you think about the uh, what the ending means, the more you think about the choices made, the more you go, oh, that's, that's sharp, that mm. in a good way. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, what's in your next uh, book in your bag? Well, I got in my bag. Um, well, I was sort of just popping by uh, to gosh yesterday in fact i'll do these because this is something tom put oh, yeah. me onto uh and it's a new work by michael kupperman have you read any michael kupperman oh, yeah, stuff i have what was the uh the the book which is like it looks like tales the designed to thriddle was it that yeah, one? yeah yeah that's the one and he's a cartoonist that i think is genuinely just actually when people talk about humor cartoons you go oh yeah sure it's funny it's sort yeah, of funny yeah. But these are real Garfield. laugh out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never You know yeah. those things that you can't understand? Yeah. And yeah. that is, I've, I've found when you look at the, the most newspaper strips, as long as you remove Calvin and Hobbes and you remove Peanuts, yes. from that point onwards, it almost seems to be the beginning of, we will tell you this is humour, you will eventually wear it on a T-shirt. But <laughs> and this... Fred Bassett is your new god. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, um... And the weekend gambles. Before, hey, before, <laughs> but before we get into this then, the one, the one newspaper strip that I would recommend currently that you can just see online for free is the new Nancy, um, which has just been taken over uh, by oh, I don't Olivia... Know, 
Um, it's a pseudonym. It's a it's an American cartoonist, and she's working under a pseudonym of Olivia something. I've forgotten. Um, but it's we a should new say, Nancy. by the way, this is the last recording of the day, and very much everyone who's come in has found out that the neural links in their brain are really beginning to weaken. So we would recommend all the books and work of that woman who did the thing and oh uh, don't forget um, and oh, olivia james there we go james. Oh, it shamed takes a while. you takes a while. i shamed your yeah, neural yeah, yeah, connections you did. You did. Um, so uh, nancy's like ernie bushmiller early, yeah yeah uh, ernie bushmiller like early sort of i mean when, when's it from like 1940s onwards yeah, isn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah 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 um or certainly the 50s onwards and um and and basically she's taken over and she's sort of thrown in some modern elements and a lot of sort of biting her thumb at um at sort of classic fans of Nancy that are like, why has Nancy got an iPhone? Um, but it's, 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 it's actually like really funny and she does funny things with, 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 uh, with, with, with the setups and the form and, and stuff like that. And uh, the book's really cheap. It's, it's on Gosh's best of the year and we don't normally do strip collections um, but it's, it's just like a tenner for the first collection and it's, 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 it's actually really funny. Um, everyone that I've given it to as a gift has been like, Oh yeah, I really like that. Are the original that. Nancy's available currently then? Um, well? No, Fanta graphics were, were were putting them out, and uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I think they they got to book three, and I think they were like, "This is not making us any money." Really, I sort um, of think it's yeah. a real classic. We got to, we, we we got three of the three of the the collections, I, I think three or four, and uh, and 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 they're not. They're, they're not in print anymore. Oh, yeah. You were mentioning something I was asking you in Gosh the other day, which is uh, so much Charles Burns stuff doesn't seem to be available. Mm. Um, and I just why why does that happen? Why you know Black Hole? You would have thought would have just meant because they they keep bringing out there's a version, isn't there, that's as tall as a child or whatever that they yeah, put yeah, out yeah. now. The, the tall as a child yeah, version. Yeah, tall as yeah. a child version. Yeah, and that's become very popular in comic books, hasn't it? To bring out a tall as a child version. Yeah, these sort of archive editions that are just sort of like the original art, sort of at actual size, um, sort of coffee table books that are the size of a coffee table. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Things uh, th- things drop out of print for for a variety of reasons. But um, was it Pantheon that were published? It's a big publisher did Black Hole in the end, though, wasn't it? Was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I guess that. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's just comics are still. I guess it's still low, low art or perceived as such. So there probably aren't that many people that will try and keep stuff in print or can here's, afford to. And, and here's another thing. So when 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 we're doing print runs of stuff, yeah, the international audience for what we do. Is probably for for the books that we that, that we really love, you know, in terms of sales, we're looking in the low thousands, like maximum right. worldwide. And so, if there's been another edition in the last ten years, and you're a company like Fanta or D and Q, where you know a lot of your books, you, you know, there's a good chance a good proportion of of your list is going to sell less than five thousand copies each. You know, if, if if there's been another edition of it, like within the last ten years. Is it financially viable for you to? The other thing is because it's a small industry, um, and and because of the nature of the artiste, there's a lot of stuff that some cartoonists are like, "No, you're not putting that out. Right. I hate that work. That work's not coming out." Mm. Um, I think every edition of any Dan Klaus book that comes out, he goes back and redraws panels that he just can't really? bear to look at anymore. Yeah, which, he's which... not had anything for a while, is he? I bought that complete eight ball. I think was about the last thing that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he had patience was patience. the last. The right. last oh, yeah, that was very good. Yeah, I, I made a, I made an absolute honker with with him at Angoulême uh, Festival. Um, what was was it? Uh, what was the last film that was his made of his? Was Art it? School Confidential. Oh, Art School Confidential. Oh, was that the last one. I um I sat down at the table 
and uh, he, he he was there, and uh, he he'd just flown in from from the set, um, and uh, and I I sat down, and I was I was I was, I, was, I, was I might have been quite drunk at this point, and I'd met him before, and so I, <laughs> I and so I been. thought and so I thought that we were I thought we were slightly more pally than we are, but obviously he doesn't give a toss who I am, and doesn't even remember, and so incredibly obnoxiously I was like oh so where you been, and he was like oh I've just been on the set of uh, what's called Confidential, you know, and I was like oh right, and in my head. I was like, oh, you must have an opinion about how the film's going sort of thing. So I was like, is it going to be good or is it going to be shit? And he was oh, like, nah. he was like, it's going to be good. And I didn't realise that he was directing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that he'd just been on the set mm. looking at his film and he would have an opinion that was either like, oh, I hate what they're doing or... Uh, but Also, that but, is a yeah. very un-American approach. Yes, Even though, yes, it is. You know, yeah, I'm a, aware a of that. It's a very un-American approach as well. I don't know what, Fury. I was, what I was doing, really. Um... But I used to have a habit when I was like a teenager and I was at Edinburgh for the first time working in a venue, I would somehow always be drunk and when I'd meet a comic go, I really like what you do. I saw you when you did that really shit gig. And I I <laughs> seem to have this incredible memory for every time they died on their own, you know, and now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the uh, I have to admit, uh, I think he was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like Daniel Klaus, but I found art school, I thought it was a very... Uh, Maybe I should watch it again. I haven't I, seen I, it. I, I mean, I haven't it seen it, but when it came out, and I didn't like it at all, and I watched it recently, and it was better than I remembered it being. Yeah. Is that because we hoped nice for something bits? else? Because I think that happened with. I know a lot of people loved Ghost World, mm. and I don't have a problem. But having really enjoyed the book, I I think it's that problem, isn't it? Which is the maybe again the Alan Moore thing about what well, it's already been done in the version it should be. Mm. Yeah. And and I did feel that oh the things that were missing were some of the things that I delighted in most in Ghost World that I did find it on the second go kind of you know oh I like well, Ghost World a lot I like that it tries to do that as a film mm. and doesn't try and adapt the comics directly it does it but also just does it so the narrative is completely like a a movie narrative rather than a you know sort of a, um, the the comics themselves are more uh, slices of different days or different yeah. weeks of these two people where the film I think has like very much it has a beginning a middle and an end as my dad says um yeah. but like that's what it oh, is your dad come up with that one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he invented that until then film was all over the shop but fortunately <laughs> Mr Metcalf said beginning middle end bloody hell as By the my way, dad says I, I should tell you the, the people listening you will know that we have a magic screen at the side where Trent uh, types in things when we can't remember oh, what yeah. they're called and the internet's down here and I love so that we are I think used... we are I well, think... we are right. are we are we no stabilizers oh, what, what makes me well oh. it says it's six but what, what I'm now pleased about is I have remembered the name of the guy who did Eyeball and oh, also, yeah. also did uh, both Jess Franco books it's Stephen Thrower oh you shamed yourself oh, do you yeah. know what yeah. I was going yeah, so to say it's Stephen Thrower yeah and he's done a few interesting books about but I just I wonder how he got through I, I, I did send Mark Pilkington from Australian Tractor an email about uh, you know because uh, that was another book you know when books go up on the internet and go it will be available from January the 10th 2015 and then 2019 you go is this actually because the, the cover's been available for <laughs> yeah. a long time and I can see why there must have been a moment especially when you're dealing with the last 15 years of Jess Franco's work where there was no money in it anymore mm. and he was just getting his yeah. video camera out and getting his wife out and saying oh uh, pop your top off and then we'll kill someone and it was you know it's kind of living the I, dream yeah um, very strange. You, think, you, you always imagine that the advance for such a book was probably tiny, and it's more something someone wants to write in their spare time. Yeah, and it's it's sort of a labour of love rather than something that's like, a, well, this will pay the bills. This yeah, will get this is uh, the. Are oh, you going with the Jess Frank? Uh, this is now. So, so the Michael Cooperman one. You've oh, yeah. uh, 
Oh, no, this was uh, Super Villains, it's called. Yeah. Uh, but I just really like Michael Kupperman. He's That's probably... Kupperman, right. He... I love the style. It's a lot of fun, the way that he does it. It's, I, I uh... find his stuff so funny. It's so silly and childish. And uh, over here, he wrote... I think he wrote on Peter Serafinovich's show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and he's very sort of active on Twitter. But I just... I love his comics. And they're often little bits of pop culture that are just sort of skewed and put through this very childish sort of silly lens. And I find his stuff... Like, he, he's someone I can read it, and I would laugh out loud if I was reading yeah. it on, on a tube or something. Yeah, yeah no, this is an absolute well. delight. A cartoon strip about a madman saying we must eliminate the TV funny man Bob Saget <laughs> so I can sell my amusing satirical cartoon about him going into heaven. <laughs> I mean, that's a very abbreviated version, obviously, of that story, but it's... Uh, <laughs> That that it reminds me slightly. I know this is a different kind of project, but Steve Aylett does those fantastic things where he takes, you know, old copyright-free, very oh, yeah. bland fifties mm. comic strips, and then replenishes the uh, um, the speech bubbles with his own imagination, and they are properly, wonderfully. Mm twisted and strange I think they're sort of still available is the caterer still yeah, available the caterer's, oh, still the caterer's about, magnificent yeah, yeah, yeah. I highly I think recommend Floating caterer. World might publish that right. still yeah possibly. so they, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. are kind of gettable and actually with a lot of that stuff I'd say like comic shops are quite good for that where there are certain oh, gosh it's quite good for it yeah or you'd be able to go but you might be able to go in and just ask to order it and anyone yeah. who's got a sort of a bit of sense and willing to help out are probably able to you know uh get hold of a copy somehow. Have you really been front. out of the comics retail world for so long, Nat, that you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> No, but you can order from, like, Diamond or... Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, a big yeah. kind of monolith of ordering. So that so a lot of this stuff is available if you, if you can, even if you think it isn't. Whereas I think a lot of comic shops that only have what's new, a lot of people, if you ask, will either better get it, or gosh, might have them still, have yeah. they? Yeah. No, they're great. If you haven't read Steve, I, I know quite a few people listening to this have, have read Lint, which is probably his most famous work, I think, mm. isn't it? They, but um, kind of Karloff Circus and, and his, his wonderful uh, essay, Heart of the Original, uh, which is all about basically trying to be uh, uh, originality and trying not to listen. It, it's, a, it's a beautifully written, quite barbed uh, piece. Still, I think, quite a kind of unsung uh, author. Yeah. Mm. He ended up in comics as well. He ended up being one of the authors who took over Tom Strong, like an Alan Moore sort of science hero book. That was uh, one of the last things. Oh, Tom, there was some great stuff in Tom Strong too. Yeah. The, uh, and, and also uh, Steve's stuff was in Dodgem Logic, Alan Moore's magazine, which I think oh, you yeah. can still pick up. Oh, really? I think they've, yeah. they've, they've still got a garage with a, a load of Dodgem Logics in, and there's some brilliant articles in there, including stuff by uh, young Josie Long. Oh, yeah, of course. And yes. not so young, Robin Inns. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's move back over to uh, Tom. What yeah. have you on? Um, I'll talk about the, 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 the Return to Romance, um, which is published by New York Review of Comics. Um, it is a collection of Ogden Whitney's romance strips edited by Dan Nadell and Frank Santoro um, that came out recently. Um, and it's wicked. Um like Nat, you you had a read as well. Yeah, I I really like Ogden Whitney's stuff. I, he's got like a very. It's really interesting. There's an afterword by Dan Nadell, and he says things. He sort of articulates things very well in the way that I can't. And go, yes, that is it. It's like he he describes him as someone who is. They they're quite. They seem quite naive romance stories, and what you'd imagine from sort of fifties and sixties American romance comics, and yet there's something that's 
almost a bit knowing about them all, yeah. or slightly more than usual. Each panel could be a uh, Lichtenstein. Yeah. Um, and you can, and you could almost read it that even at the time, maybe he was sort of slightly poking fun at them, or maybe he wasn't. Yeah. But it's that sort of. But Ogden Whitney himself, he's he's most famous for doing Herbie. Mm. Um, uh, which, if, if you don't know, Herbie is a sort of... Uh, he's a rotund young man, um, sort of 50s, 60s, sort of humour slash kind of superhero comic. He has, like, unspecified, undefined godlike powers uh, and everyone thinks he's like a lump of a human but but actually he can do anything from talking to animals to flying to time traveling and, and all of this stuff and it's laugh out loud like genuinely funny old humor comics and Ogden Whitney Ogden is most famous for doing that and there's there, there's elements of that in in these romance comics um there are they they're sort of mad little fairy tales um that have these sort of preposterous setups um, and unlikely conclusions, um, and, and also a lot of a lot of physical comedy uh, thrown yeah. in as well. Um, it's a very pleasing I, looking thing as well. I think. Yes, they, they've done pretty. a really nice job of designing it and working with the sort of colours, the, the the sort of um, primary colour palette that that Whitney, the sort of pastel primary colour palette that Whitney's working with. Um, there's a great there's a great uh, foreword by Liana Fink. Um, Who's also a, like a, a New York cartoonist, um, where she 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 does a really nice sort of contextualization of it and sort of talking about how you know this is uh, sort of it's all like a little bit sexist and uh, it's all like white America nineteen sixties Anglo Saxon. Well, even just seeing it from a distance, it, everyone looks like just you know that 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 look before we knew the bomb was about to go off. Everyone's got their yeah. apron on, the apple pie is on, yes. and it's. Uh, but that, there's, I used to have a collection. I think it got lost when my house flooded with shit um which was uh um i had a collection of those warning comics that were you know about the cowboy and, and they'd have a kind of song going through them the cowboy who goes to the town and then ends up giving his girlfriend syphilis yeah all of those kind of i love that yeah, there's yeah. such an interesting genre not not the, the warning ones that the christian guy did the those. jack chick jack not chick. jack chick who jack i've lost chick my jack tracks. chicks i don't know where they've gone i've got some great jack you, you know you watch bewitched you watch bewitched on tv you have made a pact with satan yeah. by watching <laughs> elizabeth montgomery yeah, yeah, in yeah, bewitched yeah. you're damned and, and a little and a little big nose satan turns up and and tells yeah. you you've made a pact as well with his uh, stroking his little goatee i remember there was a guy outside edinburgh waverley station a few years ago during the fringe festival giving them out and i I basically just kept wandering around trying to make myself look slightly different. Oh, hello, I didn't have one. Thank you very much. Hello. Okay. The, um, there was another, of the romance things, I picked up some, uh, I think in Ramsgate, in a junk shop there, some of the kind of 1970s, 1980s romance comic strips, kind of my guy thing in, in the little pocket form. And they have this lovely thing, that, I don't know if you remember, that on on the inner, inner glossy page would be pictures of pop stars, sex pop stars, yeah, yeah. you know, people like, you know, it might be Madonna, it might be uh, the Thompson Twins, and uh, amongst all these things, there's also it's banned our ballet and one of Alexi Sale. Because Alexi Sale had a low John Gotti motor yeah, yeah. and he's just there standing on kind of one foot in the middle of a dance movement. I just <laughs> love that kind of all the sex pop stars, everyone, Thompson Twins to Alexi Sale. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your podcast, but I just quickly wanted to let you know about the thing, which is that Book Shambles and the Cosmic Shambles Network exist thanks to generous pledges of our listeners on Patreon. If you want to support the podcast and what we do, tiers start at just $1 a month and you'll get all sorts of goodies thrown in. So go to patreon.com slash bookshambles. 
Um, the uh, Nat, what else have you got on the? Uh... What else did I grab yesterday? I don't think... Oh, I really like these actually. Um, Our encounters with evil, and it's Mike oh, Mignola who, or oh, from Hellboy, and he's done. It's a second collection of these where they do quite knowing, almost sort of Hammer esque. Uh, sort of horror stories, but very much like a, with a bit of a wink to them, like sort of fearless vampire killers. Is oh, what these are nice, work. yeah. And it's drawn it Warren, by Warwick Johnson Warwick Cadwell, Johnson Cadwell yeah. who's someone who's very influenced by Mignola anyway. But um, but it has that sort of funny humour strip. And they take the problem with them is they take about ten minutes to read, but they're great. <laughs> but that's with a few things where you go, it was still worth it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like really you know, it, it, it's that almost that annoying thing where, like, when you go to a play and you go, well, the downside is we paid fifty quid and it was only eighty minutes long. But the upside is it was only eighty minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And so there's two. Yeah. yeah. That that looks great. I like that one. That one a lot. The um. So who do you think? I mean, in terms of, I'll ask you briefly on this. Your general opinion on this very tedious and tiresome story. Oh please. Uh, of of um. Because Martin Scorsese dared to suggest that Marvel <laughs> films may well uh, be yeah. <laughs> it, th- that outrage, and I imagine in Gosh Comics, and probably also in the in the cinema where you, where you work, so that that might be the conversations in the bars and stuff like that by people who are desperate to make sure that their 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 love is high art as well. It's it's it was ma- madness really, and it's also not even and I. He then went on to sort of explain it, didn't he? And he just explained this thing that everyone, like, but is that not... It was just so obvious what he was saying. And he's just saying this thing that the Marvel movies don't even really have an end. They are just an ongoing thing. So the Marvel movies are like television, really. They're just little parts of, like, a thing that adds up to something. And it's not cinema in the same way that Martin Scorsese would understand it. And what what the bit where it got nuts is when they started asking... Uh, because it became this thing of Francis Ford Coppola. We'll ask Francis Ford Coppola if he thinks he agrees. He thinks they're not cinema as well. Yeah. So he's on the list. He's an idiot as well. Became, and then it then became it Ken Loach. Then he goes, but Ken Loach is not going to go and watch Spider-Man Far From Home. But he but, made that superhero I, Daniel Blake. It's yeah. not a super. You've not seen I, Daniel Blake, have you? But then, but then it became this. Uh, aside from because I because of my job, I, I have to be on various like Facebook comics for sale groups and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and and you know the, the 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 misplaced fury on those on those like message boards is was like staggering. Just yeah, like these just, people sort of being what? like, who do these people think they are? Slagging off Iron Man two and all this sort of stuff. And it's it's sort of, <laughs> it's sort of like it then it then morphed into this sort of generational thing. And I saw articles about like, oh, look at all these old white men slagging off uh, slagging off like Iron Man two and stuff. And it's like. It's fine to slag off Iron Man Two, isn't it? I don't think it's because they're boomers or anything like that. I think it's, I think Which, it's just because you know Iron Man Two is a big toy the advert. Thing I found upsetting is that idea that that is this sort of thing of what people identify themselves as being fans, and you go, but if anyone's a fan, it's Martin Scorsese, and for someone yeah. who's so passionate about film and cinema, and sort of spent his life making films and also trying to conserve films that might be and he's he's his sort of own archive that he's built up and he's sort of discovered and uh, sort of saved lots of films that would otherwise be uh would have fallen out and i know he's got this archive of things where there's sort of like recordings that someone's made of a film that might have been shown on tv once and that's the only that's the only way you can get it now it's just like any other prints of it have sort of since vanished and and i just think this idea of him it's just that he's from a 
different generation. But he's he's got that same sort of fanish gene that 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 lots of people now have. But it's just, but it is sort of silly, and it's it's like that those Marvel movies. I like them. I enjoy them. But it's the idea that of course it's not cinema. Is, of course it is. We got we got free tickets to see Guardians of the Galaxy two with Gosh or Guardians of the Galaxy or one of them, and we went along. Um, and like it's it's a perfectly like you watch it's perfectly fine, um, like silly big long toy commercial and it's very enjoyable and some good comedy know, in it good comedy, comedy works, and, yeah. and all of that and it's well made right um, and uh, for, for what it is for what it is like I'm, I'm not saying it's well made cinema I'm saying it is well made for what it's supposed to do yeah, yeah? Um, and I sat there at the end and uh, you know I hadn't enjoyed it that much and I was quite glad that it was over um, and I was watching it and there was a man on my right who I looked at, and I wasn't I wasn't sure, but I think he might have been crying a little bit. And as the... I remember it specifically, it was the bit where they were listing all the people that had animated Rocket Raccoon. And he stood up. So this was like a little while after the credits. And just... Just started clapping. Just started clapping like that. And I was thinking about the bit where Rocket Raccoon is like scratching his bits. <laughs> and I was like, this man clapping. I was like, oh, when was the last time a John Dunn poem got a standing ovation? Or when was the last time, you know, uh, <laughs> I like. I bet it was uh, Michael Lee. Yeah, yeah. I bet <laughs> he was like, in there. Well, I was just like, oh, you know, I mean, you know, he enjoyed it enough. And he obviously thought that the animation of Rocket Raccoon deserved a standing ovation. And these guys, who admittedly, on one hand, are the plumbers of Hollywood, but on the other hand, are highly skilled, like, mm. artists. Um, but I, I was a bit like, oh, sort of makes me sad that Guardians of the Galaxy Two gets a standing ovation. Anyway, because I, I mean, that's I my, do, two I, my two favourite of of in terms of the epic genre, which I thought were very good, is the, is the the final one of the Wolverine movies. Oh, um, Logan. Logan, I thought was a yeah. tr- tremendously well made film. Partly, th- if you put Patrick Stewart in something and Hugh Jackman, turns out they they know how to do things, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And I found that the Planet of the Apes series I found very interesting. I thought that yeah. was the the, the, the current the, Planet of the yeah, Apes series. Yeah, the final series, uh, the yeah. final the, the the final story. I thought yeah. was tr- it, it was like it was kind of slow, and it was uh, yeah, it was a very elegiac, melancholy movie. It's not it's not impossible. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed the Planet of the Apes films, but I'm slightly worried that the fact it was like monkeys uh, or apes uh, has sort of like biased me somewhat into thinking that it was good. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you mean if it had been raccoons? Raccoons, yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have. Maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed it quite as much. I think there are, and I, and I mean, I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff in some of the Marvel films. And like, I really like. I know uh, Black Panther is one that gets talked about, but I did really like it, and I thought it was sort of fascinating that they, like, this thing that in the comics even is a, is kind of borderline racist. This whole. Um, the whole thing behind it, even though it's very well intentioned through kind of modern eyes, is like you can't make a film of that, and yet they manage to make it, and it suddenly becomes like a sort of very positive film. And you go, oh wow, they've yeah. really they've really managed to do something. I didn't like the film, but I I, I really loved all the stuff around it. Yeah. Like if people were finding stuff in it in, in that way and like getting behind it, and 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 that was it spoke to people on that level. Yeah, then the Black Panther. Like, Jack Kirby comics. I, I I always really loved those comics, and I think the film managed to do like it's almost like if someone said to me, "Oh, would you like to make a film of these Black Panther comics?" It'd be well, never in a million years because it'd be a dreadful <laughs> idea, an absolutely dreadful idea, and that they sort of managed to do it in a way that seemed 
that worked and that everyone really got something out of and and it just has lots of things like had really nice bits of design in it and it's really like oh you've really done a good job with like it almost the the um the uh, material it was based on is also great but just wouldn't adapt to a film yeah. and it's something very much of its time but it, it, the, the idea that they sort of pulled that out of the bag I, I think that is one of the best ones but again I suppose you wouldn't necessarily say it's sort of like a great piece of cinema it's just got but it does have lots of elements to it which are great like brilliant bits and lots of yeah, the sort of design and everything. I loved. I loved like looking so at it. Everyone's everyone's criteria for judging these things is mm. totally different. Yeah, so all these all these maniacs on the on, on the message boards were like, "Well, how can it be bad? It's made like fifteen trillion pounds." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, if that's your the old burn that's what, yeah, 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 exactly. You got Rolls Royce, haven't yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, <laughs> I, I think it's what you were saying before when we were talking about kind of some of the the, the B movie horrors and stuff like that, which is, uh, I think there's space for all of them, but it would be a pity. And I'm not saying this is happening, but it is a pity if, if that becomes your only world. You know, I yes. think that idea you go and you go into the Marvel yeah, world, and then you may well watch something by Kurosawa, and then you watch some kind of weird 1940s B movie. Then you watch Old Mother Riley meets the Vampire, Bella Lugosi, whatever it is. That that bit of making sure, yeah. and I think that's true of all the yeah. art. And and I, I think what I find worrying sometimes is that the multiplex culture. You just think, wow. That fit, these are the limited choices. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know the difference. It's interesting when we had Mark Kermode on. He was saying you know sixteen films a week or twelve films a week or whatever. But I wonder how many of them go beyond two screens for one week. Or and yeah. I certainly know a friend of mine who used to, to book a cinema, and he said the arguments he would have to say we need to have this Shane Meadows film for two weeks because the first week will be people going oh, no, oh yeah, and then the word of mouth will get round, and in the second week, Dead Man's Shoes or whatever it might be. So I think it's that idea. I think sometimes it's the idea of the enormous budget crushing all of those films that cost under yeah, a million yeah. or. And on and I, and I realise that having said that about the Marvel films and things, it's also walking on thin ice because lots of films I like, I'm sure to most people are, are oh, totally. utter trash, yeah, absolutely utter trash, absolutely. And I understand that, but there are there are that I love them, absolutely. So I totally yeah, yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I think some of those are pieces of cinema, and I think some of them. Oh, just dreadful, really. Yeah, what's the one like that you them. think, right? What's the one that you reckon is the most contentious off the top of your head? The most contentious one that you most people go, oh, come on, man. Oh. Well, um, come on. Well, do you know what? I'd actually say I do really like uh, Can Anonymous Merck and Ever Forget Mercy Hunt oh, and Find okay. True Which Happiness. I've still never seen. I but bet it it's going to be on talking I pictures. I think it's bad in a way, but I really like that it is this. He has done everything. It's so sort of confessional and the effect it had in his real life as well. I find that he's basically made this film that mirrors his life on purpose. That's it's it's sort of an insane piece of work. It's like it's it's like meta beyond meta. That You've it's, still it's almost, managed to make that sound like a highbrow. Oh, it, isn't, of like, it isn't as well. It's sort of like yeah. um, it's, uh, uh, you know, a, quite a silly musical, yeah. which is still sort of. But I do I do think it is. Uh, like totally fascinating for a film that's not very good I, I've watched it tons of times because I you just I sort of and every time I watch it I sort of forget how like open mouthed I am I'm still it still sort of shocks me and sort of uh We'll end on Tom. What's your one where you go? I will defend this film. I am going to defend. Uh, I do you know. I, I was really thinking, and I think the closest. I, th- I think the closest. Like Starship Troopers. 
But that's again, it's we were talking about film, that before, it? and I actually, think. it's like, one of those yes, films that if you realise the angle that it's been made yeah. from, as opposed to yeah, you totally, know, totally, totally. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was been racking my brains to think of. I was like, I was going to say Tombstone, but Tombstone's wicked. Tombstone, do love it. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay, well, we'll end, <laughs> we'll end on your nothing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, are you are you gigging much at the moment? Yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of I'm a, I'm in an hour in whether I should try and write a new show. I'm also I'm in an hour in about um, maybe I should restage. That was just saying to Josie that I'd quite like to restage a previous shows I've done because I don't really have any record of them at all. I think you should do a director's cut. Yeah, I, th- I think you should stop every now and again. And go now. At this point, very interestingly, the decision was made uh, on this particular Anti Newley or Kurt Russell-based 1970s theme tune. Um, and breakdown press. Uh, oh, you've got a couple of yeah. other things. Should we no, just no, quickly do? No, you don't. We don't. I was, I was just shifting. We'll them do them next yeah, time them next then. Time. Um, and I'm going to borrow your copy of the Sucking Pit, if I may. Can yeah, I borrow? Of you? Can, can I just have yeah, a quick you look at your copy of this? Because yeah, this no. is uh, again, this will be long gone by the time you listen to this. But I'm. Oh, this is a much better edition than the one I've got. Um, this is. Come on, just say all through night the crabs you uh, will get it back i probably yeah, can i tell you now yeah if in any way you don't get this back you can have all of my other guy and smith books <laughs> thank including you the origin of the crabs which was the uh original copy that was held by the editor of new english library oh. i'm just noticed there he's I, guy smith there is he so when is he guy smith and guy n smith I maybe he's is, guy smith when he's doing his slightly more erotic uh, uh because I've not read his one set in a Japanese prisoner of war camp, but my mate Johnny Maines yeah, says it's that. his masterpiece. And uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, I can't remember, but it's not uh, uh, politically. I think it will not get a reprint. Um, yeah. Oh, I love this. Deep in Hopwood's woods was a green and peaceful glade. The grass was smooth and weedless. The sun rarely penetrated there, and the local villagers had learned to shun the place, for this was the site of a treacherous and seemingly bottomless bog. Nothing that fell in, whether by chance or purpose, ever managed to escape. Tom Lawson was a woodsman. So there we go. Come on, Tom. That's The Sucking Pit by uh, Guy Smith, the dark bog that hid a thousand evil secrets from the author of Night of the Crabs. This will be returned to you thank you next week uh thank you very much for listening uh go and check out all breakdown press's stuff there's uh as i said there's some wonderful things there we talked last time about the work of lando i think if you don't know about the work of lando it is utterly uh sublime i think yeah. and and again as you said it's a stuff which is very unsettling and, and 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 beautifully strange uh go and see um that just generally uh yeah, listen, listen to on foobar with 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 nick helm as well uh my book i'm a joke and so are you is available on audible and in paper back and all those kind of things and we're going to be doing a show at the Albert Hall next year Josie and me and many guests including Lem Cisse uh, um, that's the Sea Shambles show thanks very much for listening bye thank you very much for listening thanks for su- Thanks for supporting the show. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for supporting the show on Patreon. Remember to like and subscribe. And uh, I don't think you can like. That's more a YouTube thing. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, though, and leave uh, five-star reviews for the show on Apple Podcasts. Sea Shambles, as Robin mentioned, tickets for that would make a fantastic Christmas present for someone in your life. Or maybe someone who's not in your life yet. Why not pre-buy some tickets for Sea Shambles, just knowing that you're going to meet someone between now and May that would be up for going to the show. Back next week on Christmas Eve with Robin and Johnny Maines. Until then, have as good a week as is humanly possible. Bye for now. 
This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins' Book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions.